Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. We're back on the comfortable couch studio once again. It's our, and I actually really enjoyed it. It's our place to be, mate. It is very, very nice. Well, today our topic is about fear aggression breeds fear aggression. And I guess what sparked this thought in my head was I had like a, it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was an annoying on my part conversation with the person. And again, kind of like what we were talking about last time we met and talked was um, talking about like what's normal and for what's in my head and the bloody crazy processes that happen there can sometimes seem arrogant when I start to talk to people because I get kind of maybe triggered by certain things. But one thing that really annoyed me, no names or anything, but I'm not even going to like fully talk about a breed, but there was people, they got a very, very high energy working dog, um, nine months old, very sound, very powerful, um, very confident and like had zero training, right? So of course they come out to see me, we're going to do some stuff. But again, it's more like, can we stop him from doing this? Can we stop him from doing that? And there wasn't, and like, did you listen to the, the video that got sent for you? Like the introductory, no, we didn't know we got it. So it's annoying when I start to see that because like we're starting not, on the back foot. Yeah. We're not taking it seriously. It's like, well, what? Oh, I don't know. And so again, without judging, but I am taking note of these first interactions of what we can expect for the session. And, first um, impressions. First impressions, right? People say don't judge, but you know, everything in your biology will mm-hmm. allow, will, will make you judge because it's a survival mechanism. Um, but also I get to, I'm not doing it in a negative way, but it's a way of like, well, how much can I give today? And, um, anyway, so we did the session with the dog. Let's call him Snoop. So, um, Snoop dog. <laughs> Snoop. <laughs> Snoop dog. Anyway, so basically, um, we worked on some of the basics, working on how to use a slip lead and get him under control and all that sort of stuff. And again, it has like zero obedience. And the lady's like, oh, so I'm going to dissex him because I have nieces that come over and I don't want him to be aggressive to them because he likes to like chase them. And I'm, and like, again, this dog's like a really big, like Doberman mix Malamar or something. Right. And, um, and again, with no judgment, I'm like, well, just so you know, like he's really young and I probably wouldn't suggest dissexing him now. I'd probably wait a little bit longer because we want to look after his hips and his joints. And if you can dissect around, you know, 12, 18 months, if you have to dissect that early, then I would wait a little bit longer because nine months he's still developing and you can really affect their, a yeah, lot of different systems. Right? Even immune system, they're saying now, um, again, I've probably said this before, but, um, like nature gave him. Testicles for a reason. Exactly. And we can, and, and it's look. It's a human intervention to remove them. Yes. And, and totally. And also not even usually even just for our, for a real reason. Sometimes now it's just, isn't that the thing you just do? Like it's so conditioned into us. And maybe it's aesthetically like, how weird is it when you see a dog with balls? It's like, it's a weird thing, but. That's a fair point. You know, and mm. it's maybe, again, this is why I got a little bit triggered because I had you a can't conversation. Really see shadows because of his coat. They kind of hidden a little bit. Yeah, true. You know, because yeah. he's got a really long coat. But and like Chili's got an undescended one, so you only see one ball. <laughs> Lance <laughs> Armstrong. So, when you, yeah, like when you, you know, when you see, I don't know, like a, a staffy or a short, a short-coated dog. Yeah, stick out like dog balls. Exactly. Like that's where the saying comes from. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, um, so in, in saying that, she goes, well, I want to detect him because he makes him aggressive. I'm like, listen, and just for anyone that's listening, go on to Andrew Huberman's 
Huberman Lab podcast. And very recently, within the last two months, Robert Sapolsky was on his podcast um, interviewing, talking a lot about neurology, talking about testosterone. So if you're this deep into it and, and, and both those guys are like, you know, I look up to them and I learn a lot from them. So really highly recommended. Anyway. So um, I said, look, testosterone isn't what makes dogs aggressive. It's not like you cut his balls and now he's not aggressive anymore. I said to her, most dogs, 95% of dogs that I see are dissexed and I still see a lot of aggressive dogs. Yeah, it's it's such a myth, um, a myth that like it's come some kind of silver bullet. Mm-hmm. Like we just take his balls out and now we've taken a part of his functions of his like brain away. You know, a dog is not a toy. You can't just take the batteries out. Mm-hmm. And that's almost my perception is that that's what people might think that to be is like, oh, I'll just cut his balls off and it'll just like be this docile little submissive mm-hmm. thing. Exactly. But that's not necessarily the case at all. You could actually make his behavior worse. Well, it's a bit of a quick fix as well. Like it's, a, it's like, oh, well, I'd dissect him. Now, look, testosterone can amplify the intensity of behavior. So if we see aggression or aggression potential, the, the testosterone will put fuel on its fire. So yeah, it can make things more amplified, but it doesn't mean it's the cause of why there's aggression in the first place. And that's where we probably get mixed up. Yeah, he, he stops the, the, um, the desire to seek a new mate, which then creates more resources. And like, yeah, there's so much to it. And it's a very complicated top, topic. But I guess just simply, I said to him, like, just doing it isn't the reason because your nieces come over every two weeks and it may happen. I go, what creates aggression or what she see, perceives as aggression is either fear. And we're going to talk a lot more about fear is the leading cause to it. So when dogs have bad experiences because of lack of training, because of bad experiences of um, lack of management and genetics and all that, that's when we start to see aggression because a dog's insecure and fearful and he's trying to better his situation by displaying the behavior we have dominance aggression and the dog may be very um powerful and want to control every situation and maybe when the little girls come over the dog's dominant over them but dominance in and of itself doesn't even create aggression and maybe if there's a challenge from it well again if your dog's of that status why is whether you cut his balls off or not why are they in the same situation together Mm. in a dangerous situation that's that's bad on their behalf and then if this is not the dog for them, or maybe they've got the wrong dog because we've got a very, very high drive dog. But again, the dog has no aggression um, at all. Like there has been no incident except for he keeps it to prey drive. So the girls start to run. He chases and he may like grab their dress or, you know, jump up at them and all that. And that's perceived as the aggression. So we thought, well, maybe I dissex him. It calms him down. But it takes away some arousal, but it doesn't take away his general energy level because... Like that's just the energy that he has. There's still like very high drive dogs that are that haven't got haven't got their balls. They're not like all the dissex dogs are laying down sleeping. So um I think that's a big misconception. <laughs> yeah. And then another point she said, which really triggered me even more, was again, I'll tell you why I was why I'm triggered in a moment. It's probably controversial, who cares? But um they said, Well, there's a chip that you can again, I don't know how real this is, but she goes, her vet said that there's a chip that you can put in the dog that regulates testosterone level. So even if we don't dissect him, the testosterone stops producing within the dog. And I'm like, that's just the same thing that we're trying to avoid. We want to have the testosterone in the dog. So um, while, especially while they're developing and growing, because you don't want a dog with like weak hips and bones and joints. So sounds like she wants a dog skin rug to me. Well, I think it go, for me it goes. I had this thought process going a bit further. Is that that we have more and more 
feminized males in our society. And what I mean by that is that we're more submissive as men. We're not as manly as it was back in the day. And again, this may trigger people and it may make you upset and may even discontinue everything. But I believe this, that what it means to be the man has changed. And we're seeing that across the board. We're saying that the, the, like literally we have to take his balls away so he can be desirable in our society. And that is symbolic. And I've watched Fight Club recently. And if you look into the, into the, the symbology of it all, there's a lot of references of cutting, um, cutting the balls off or castrating because there's a sense of giving away power and thinking that, well, if I demasculinate the dog, he won't show aggression. Like females don't show aggression. Like there's female dogs that show aggression. They're not producing crazy amounts of testosterone. Why is it that they show aggression? Again, that's why I want to talk about. It's the fear, it's the lack of socialization, it's the way that we manage our dogs that can create that fear aggression. And what I mean by fear aggression breeds fear aggression is if we're not setting our dogs up for success and they have a very shaky upbringing in terms of a foundation, you've missed out on that critical period, so you start taking your dog at 18 weeks old and you go down the street and a Labrador comes and jumps on your dog, number one bad experience for your dog. And then three weeks later, a dog, you know, you're at a friend's house, you let your dogs run around, not a proper introduction. And the Maltese Terrier bites your puppy on the back of, of his butt. Again, well, let's just talk, this is a German Shepherd. And now he's having these bad experiences. And then he learns over time, well, then my reactivity, my lunging, even a big bark towards a dog is what makes him run away. But it doesn't work for every dog. So then he tries it on the next dog. The next dog goes, hey, what the hell? And he strikes back. We have a bit of a fight. The dog learns, I have to be aggressive to deal with the fear that was given to me when I was being, when the aggressor attacked me. Mm. And that's the bully. So, for example, me at school when I was um, in year two, I got bullied. Mm. And I came home with black eyes and kids, like the guy was like two years older than me and like, and he'd abused me basically. Um, And actually, it took a while for those memories to come back. So, something that I kind of suppressed for a long time, Mm. I guess. But um, for me, it didn't make me aggressive. I didn't learn to fight. Maybe not directly. Um, if anything, it probably put me in a more shy state. Yeah. Um, so some dogs, they get bitten and they, they find just they a bit more timid. They yeah. withdraw. They're a bit more shut down and they, and it's more, it's more obvious that the dog is scared. Where when we see the dog with the hair, the hackles raised up, the teeth bared out, tail up and, or, or sometimes not the tail up, but we see that behavior and boom, that doesn't seem fearful. So we go, oh, the dog's aggressive and because he wants to be the boss. And it's like, well, maybe he's trying to control the situation, but he's certainly insecure and it's not a very comfortable dog. You can tell if you know what you're looking at, you're like, well, the dog's freaking out. Um, and a lot of the dogs that display those behaviors, you let the leash go, the dog comes up and stands there and doesn't even know what to do. Yeah. He's like, but this whole big front worked. Why isn't it working now? So the kid who gets bullied learns that over time, well, I have to, because for me, it maybe didn't happen for a long time, but if this guy would kept on bullying me for like years and years and years, I may one day strike back. I've had enough. I'm going to punch him in the throat. Yeah. He drops and I'm like, wow, that worked. So now next time I need to defend myself and I feel insecure, I may just result to physical violence and that will submit the, the threat. Or I can then go another step further. It's like, well, I want what he's eating. Hey, give me a sandwich. He's like, no, I'm going to boom. And then now because I'm insecure, I can't negotiate very well. You've had success in the behavior. Exactly. And then what happens, you become the sociopath, right? Obviously the extreme example, but isn't that what happens to our dogs? And we think it's this like thing about testosterone only. It's like, we don't, we don't need to, we need to see it differently. We need to understand that if it's fear that's creating the aggression, 
then we need to build confidence. And everything we've done, lots of um, episodes about giving your dog a job and making sure that you're managing them. And if your dog know, has a bite history, muzzle condition him, you know, um, seek a professional dog trainer to help you out because there's another point that I'm going to raise about that. But also do all of those right things and also know what mum and dad were like if you have that opportunity or know what the dog is like before you take him into your care. And if you haven't had experience with dog aggression, or with powerful breeds, don't take the dog on if you're um, not well equipped because you're setting everyone up for failure. Mm. Um, but fear, fear is the biggest leading cause to it. And isn't that funny? Again, I'm sorry, vets, but the vets say don't take them out to their critical periods end. Well, until their last vaccination, rather. It actually gets rather. a bit tiring having to constantly explain this to unsuspecting puppy owners who've been fed this information and I get it like, okay, puppy, you know, vets see whatever they see, parvo, whatever, whatever they want to, um, you know, whatever happens. But like, like I explained to them, the odds of you encountering parvo in suburban Sydney in 2021 are so far less than the odds of your dog developing some sort of issue at a later stage exactly. due to poor socialization. That's right. And life is a, is a game of balances mm-hmm. of risks. Mm-hmm. So there is no such thing as zero risk of either parvo or mm-hmm. zero risk of, you know, anxiety or whatever in the dog. Neither of those things exist. So we have to balance the risk. Yeah. But I can tell you which one's greater mm-hmm. for sure. Exactly. And depending on the breed as well, you can see it. It's like, oh, this dog needs a little bit more of good experiences, right? Um, because it only takes a couple of good or bad experiences, which sets the puppy up yeah. on a different trajectory. Skipping the scales in either direction. It's a tough little balance there. And also you may not, we may not always get it right because of access to different resources or whatever, but, um, COVID didn't help either. The recent lockdown was a perfect storm because, uh, I mean, we had, COVID last year and Sydney never really had like an actual lockdown, but this year we did. Um, and there's a whole new generation of people who were told by their vets, don't take the dog out, but also it was locked down anyway. Uh, and now like we can barely keep up with these inquiries of, For sure. um, you know, socially anxious mm-hmm. um, dogs who weren't socialized over the last three months. Exactly. And, and not only that, but more people wanted puppies because they were stuck at home and they're like, I'm exactly. going to get a dog. And then, and then we say dissex them when they're six months old, which I just came from a session today where they said, oh, yeah, no, the puppy is 19 weeks old and next week we want to dissex them. I'm like, too young, a little male dog, like for, 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 for my liking. So I think there's a couple of things that, again, not to shit on the vets because everyone's got the right intention, but we all need to like have the conversation. If you're listening to this or know someone who would be triggered, I'm ha- we're happy to have a conversation yeah. to put it out there because I'm willing to be educated. And maybe we've been wrong on certain things, but I do see it. Time and time again, like for example, a little cavoodle that I saw yesterday, um, really scared of, of other dogs, right? Um, as soon as he saw Chili, he was like, whoa, but Chili has really good social skills. Um, and I'm happy, really, really happy that he has that because it gives him a chance to like ignore the puppy and then give him time to like engage a little bit and walk away and come back. And then by the end of the 15 minutes, they're full playing, wrestling hard from being scared to now having the good experience. This is really important. But again, now that we know that, well, our pup, and again, that puppy, as soon as I touch his harness, he like, he bit me and like, and opened me up a little bit. So you can see already that he's had success with the biting and that can translate into other areas. He's so he's been able to back people off doing that. Yeah. yeah. Of, of course. And, and it happens mainly for the kids when he's like sleeping, they want to move him and they're like, Oh my God. And we run back. So we need, we need to like identify every time that your dog showing or pup, young dog is showing signs of insecurity and fear know that that can 
manifest into aggression. And if we can catch it there and then, we can make a big change in that dog's life. And I think that's really important um, when we start to see some of that avoidance and a little bit of the, <laughs> it doesn't matter, big, big dog or small dog, they display similar sort of um, early signs and seeing what stresses them out. Because, for example, Chili, not a puppy, but still, he could have resulted in fear aggression because there was a lot of things that scared him. Actually, the first time a couple of people came into the backyard, he was a bit unsure, but I made it positive. I made sure that I set it up. I knew people were coming. Let me know when you're at the door so I can set it up. As soon as you come in, I have the leash on, make it feel positive. And I set it up so that way they're now like anyone comes in and he's completely neutral with them and you will actually like want to pat and engage with them, which is good. Where before it probably wouldn't have been that way. And if I just let it be, and one of the points here, and I, I probably should mention it now is, um, don't let dogs figure it out for themselves. You're like, Oh, they'll sort their stuff out. I do believe a bit of that. So for example, when the puppy was playing with Chili yesterday, he did give a little correction to be like, Hey buddy, like you can't bite me there at that yeah. intensity. But then if I let it happen too much, I have to now represent them because if we do let him sort it out, he may have that really good experience with excitement, excitement, excitement. Boom. One bad thing happens and that excitement can be fueled to with the fear that's already existing to a massive anxiety moment. And that's when the pup's like, hey, everything was good and you really ruined it. So, yeah, there is a bit of a fine line and that's why we've got to look at those little early signs. And again, if we do start to see fear issues, especially if you are going to have a more powerful breed because – Powerful breeds with fear aggression deliver more of a problem. Um, um, obviously compared to small dogs, but still significant. But, um, that whole thing of let them sort it out. Come on. Oh, you, let your dog sort him out. He'll figure it out. I'm like, no, no, I need to be there to, to mediate it all. Otherwise my dog goes too far or the other puppy goes too far. And, my, and then my dog learns because again, he's going to see four dogs a day, five days a week. That's 20 dogs a week. For, you know, that's a lot of dogs he's going to see. And if he keeps on having shitty experiences and having a bad experience with a certain type of dog, then straight up when he sees that, that a type of dog like that or same similar energy, he may react, um, before. And, and I see that with spades. I may have made a few mistakes mm. using him to socialize. Look, even though he's like, he's quite good, there are a few things that, that I learned. You know what I mean? So, and what I did learn is, I let him sort of, he has to get used to it. He needs to get used to it. He's all good. No, no, now I, I select when they play, when they don't play. And I purposely make certain sessions where the dogs don't have to play. And, um, which leads me to another point of over socializing. And I heard Michael Ellis talking the other day. I was on a YouTube clip. He was talking about, yeah, like now, cause before he was, he was explaining how dogs weren't really being socialized. Dogs were sitting in the yard. They weren't worked until around about, eight, nine months old, they started to work them again. He's like in the working world. And then because of that, they, they were finding, well, because dogs aren't really prepared to like and ready to like do solid bites and things like that. So they waited until they're a bit more mature. But without that socialization, they were shaky and there was a bit of issues. Once we started to learn about socialization and the importance of early critical periods, then we find that we were doing too much socialization, which can cause in a dog wanting to run up to every dog and then have a bad experience that way. Happy-go-lucky little um, Murphy, little Maltese Pomeranian um, runs up to another dog to say hi because every dog's friendly and boom, the dog gets nailed. And that's like, that. Was, since that day, oh, Panos, everything's gotten worse, but it wasn't straight away. It was three months later, I saw him lunging and biting at dogs, but we say, yeah, out of nowhere, but when you trace it back, yeah, actually, he was acting a bit weird. And then it only managed, managed to manage. There's no such thing as something coming out of nowhere. It's just that you didn't notice it. Or it could be maybe a a fee period that could seem out of nowhere. Like it just today he's scared of the fan. Why? He wasn't scared yeah. of the fan yesterday. That's, yeah. 
Or it could have been something happened that you weren't there to see. Generally but yeah, speaking, though, it there's always something. Maybe you just didn't notice it. Well, maybe you didn't know that it was a yeah. fear period. So here going through a fear period, is it out of nowhere? No, mm. we were expecting a fear period mm. soon. And here it is. So, yeah, nothing is really out of nowhere. Um, maybe there's like, you know, health issues that seem out of nowhere. But then if you were doing blood works every single week, which no one does, which I don't recommend you do, but then you'll be like, yeah, these bloods are changing for this. We may start seeing like a thyroid issue maybe directly related to aggression. So that's another thing about fear aggression is that um, a lot of trainers like to test their blood work, um, thyroid levels and v- some other different things I haven't, um, don't remember. But when we start looking deep into that and the vets know what to look for, sometimes it can be a physiological reason of why dogs are acting out as well. But there's always generally a catalyst. So whether it is health, well, it's not like the dog now I have a thyroid issue and he's just walking around biting things. There's a context as well. Like, well, my dog's cool when I'm out and about, but when you're inside and you pat him on his bed, he doesn't like it. Or, you know, the dogs that he knows he's cool with, but the dog across the road he doesn't like. So again, we, um, need to understand what is, what is it that, why is it that our dog's acting out? Is it, what was that last point there? Yeah, don't let them figure it out for themselves. Be there to advocate for them and to sort it out. And of course, if it's something that can be avoided, like for example, if you know your, the state of your dog. So for example, let's say that that dog, what, what, what I was going to call him Snoop. Let's just say that he was slightly aggressive or, Let's just say not slightly aggressive. He was slightly questionable around the, the nieces running around. Well, then, and what we have to look at, well, I don't know, when he's on his bed and they run too close, he growls and looks at him. And I tell him, no growling, and I punish him for growling. That is bad for the dog. Not only do we suppress the growl so next time he goes for the lunge, but now we're adding more next stress. Time he's just a silent killer. Yeah. Well, he doesn't give you the warning, he'll just nail you. Less of a warning, or maybe also. On top of that, now I'm just stressed even more. I'm faced with more conflict. And I think Brad was talking about that when we had him on the show. He was talking about, I have you in the car next to me. You're vocalizing that you're scared of the guy approaching the car, so I punch you in the face. So you stop verbalizing that you're scared of the guy, and now you're more paranoid of me, but you're still scared. You're scared of everyone now, and you now shut down. And then, so yeah, good. So he's not growling. He's better now. But then the girl comes even closer and touches him, and that's when the dog bites. We say, but he was doing good. It's like, no, he, if you look at his body language, the eyebrows were up and the ears were back and he was panting and all the these telltale signs. Stuff, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's very hard for us to, um, so in those moments there, if you know that this is the behavior, don't set him up for failure. This was the last thing that I was going to talk about is set him up for success. Know what it is that your dog's fearful of, make them feel more powerful, more stronger. A confident dog. And we talked about this with, um, with Brent, you know, like a confident dog has less reason to feel anxious, unsure, mm-hmm. reactive, whatever it, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. because he has been built on a foundation of confidence. For sure. And then, but too much confidence can mean that he's a bully dog. Yeah. It's like, hey, I want that too. So, yeah, that is, there is a, especially when we're talking about the more powerful breeds, is that we start to see there's like challenge for resources and things like that. But, but you're saying confident, confident in the matter of, well, I put you on that bed over there and I will make sure that no one comes in your radius of where you feel comfortable. We make you feel positive. We do this 10 times over the next three months. And he's like, oh, the girls are coming. And he hits his bed, looks at us. Confidence because he's got options. But where it's not confidence is where we're going, oh, shit, the girls are coming over. It's like, you must stay on that bed. 
So now he's more conflicted. And that's when, you know, you've had the bad day and there's like that, that layered stress model of, you know, you've woken up with three hours of sleep. You didn't eat breakfast and you missed your coffee and then your boss was an asshole to you. And then you stubbed your toe on lunch and then you do the rest of your boring ass job. And then you come home and the missus like, Oh, I didn't get to make dinner tonight and you freak. And it wasn't because of what she said. Maybe that did annoy you. That was the straw that broke the camel. Exactly. Kind of Isn't that what happens with dogs so often? Yeah. So when we say fear, aggression breeds fear, aggression, because it says like it spreads like a disease. Yeah. It's a mindset. And mindset travels like a disease too, right? What, first we think of one thing. And then now after three months, you see people think differently. And then another six months. Now, and thoughts and ideas can, can spread just like, pathogens spread and just like how belief systems spread and i talked about this when i was talking about trialing um chili in that episode where and i think i talked about the cat episode just before as well a couple episodes ago where the cat's scared of chili so romeo's scared of chili chili's scared of romeo chili walks with this weird apprehension and like all erratic and and he just sits there going and smacks him on the nose so now he's like i was more scared of you now because you swiped me twice Um, my 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 being scared was justified. Exactly. And then the cat's like, but you're acting weird and erratic and I was scared of you. So now we're all scared of each other. And what does that mean? Now we have more conflict because we naturally will fear what we don't know. Yeah. And I guess we talked about when we last sat here talking about entering the darkness consciously. Well, like it's uncomfortable to be in the dark while you're awake, but do those things consciously so you know what it is. Well, just like... Why is it that we're scared of the dark? Well, if we were nomadic at nighttime and it was a normal thing to walk in the dark, then we would say that's normal and be mm. like, what do you, what's wrong with you? Mm. The stars are out. There's enough light for us to see, but we only, we, we fear what we don't know. So, um, so when that's why early socialization, but over socializing would mean saying hi to every dog, saying hi to every dog, going to many places like, and yeah, do all of it, but over, overdoing it may create its own issues of like dogs not focused on you. The dog starts having silly experiences at the dog park where all the fear regression um, seems to come from. Um, so all that one acute bad experience. So for example, today I saw a little um, Jack Russell puppy. And again, they listened to the advice, didn't take the puppy out. And you know, the excuse of lockdowns, like there's people everywhere. I don't know what you're talking about, but I get people weren't coming over to the house. So we went for a little walk, first walk ever on the footpath. The puppy was loving life. Um, how old was he? 14 weeks old, 16 weeks old. No, he was 16 weeks old. And I pulled Chili out of the car and I was like, oh, like the puppy was growling. He's freaking out. We went for a little walk. Chili's like, yeah, whatever. He went, pit on a couple of trees and lay down. Um, now it wasn't like the puppy was like super keen on him that day, like for the rest of that interaction, like seven minutes. But we made sure that we went out for a little walk and came back. But for the first time he ever meets a dog, imagine same dog in the backyard and out of nowhere, Boom, there's a 17 kilo dog, which is like, you know, 10 kilos more than what you weigh. Bigger dog in front of you has that presence about him and he's all excited, happy to go lucky and boom, there's a stressor. Like right now, imagine you just looked and there was a guy standing there. Even if it was a friendly looking guy, you'd freak out. There's a guy standing in your door. We haven't opened the door. How did he get inside? This is weird. It creates that fear response. And our dogs have those experiences. We're like, bring Charlie over to say hi. Mm. It's like, no, meet out the front. Get them to know each other. If he's not comfortable, go in the yard, but keep the dogs on a lead. Go slowly. Build them up. Because usually, like, I don't know, we'll pull a number out of, out, out of a hat where maybe 30 to 50% of the dogs that, are, that experience fear with other dogs will become at least somewhat mildly aggressive. Mm. The dog comes too close, they may go for a bite. 
So, um, I guess I just want to talk a little bit about fear is the leading cause of aggression. And the only, the two ways of, of, of fear to occur, maybe three, is a lack of experience, a, la- a lack of socialization. The big great Dane I saw a few days ago grew up on the farm. Two years old, he came into the city. So now yeah, he sees dogs, right. doesn't know what to do. Yeah. He's like, I'm freaking out. He was at the pound for a little bit with lots of activity and like from zero to everything. So it's scary for him. Or a bad experience. Doesn't have to be in critical period. Bad experience at six months old or eight months old or two years old. What is it? Um, for, uh, false expectations appearing real, right? Yes. Like, and like for him, he sees those dogs, he's like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, exactly. That's super real for him, but he. Do so you mean like the acronym for fear? Like yeah, false yeah, evidence yeah. appearing real? Yeah, false evidence, false expectations. Like, it's somewhat justified in the sense that he, yeah, you don't know what those other dogs mm-hmm. may be, may want to do or. And then whatever. your genetics play a part then, yeah. right? So then I'm unsure, I run, I'm unsure, I freeze, I'm unsure, I fight. So then that's where. That would be the third. So lack of experience, bad experience, and genetic predisposition and mm. what you're made up to be. Mm. And, um, and those all play a part and all together they mix in. And then that's why, and then the dogs that have like the worst reactions, maybe a, a whole bunch of all those three mixed together. And there's lots of dogs that when we have the fear aggression, we don't treat it by stopping the aggression. We treat it by telling them the dog what we want them to do. We build their confidence and make them feel safe. Um, make sure that he isn't going to, uh, like, so for example, if I had a dog that was fear aggressive and isn't red zone, but enough to, to bite another dog, I have the muzzle on. So even if he did strike my dog, which I wouldn't allow to happen, but if it did happen, my dog doesn't feel like he has to properly retaliate. The dog learns that the bite towards the other dog wasn't successful. We were, man- were able to manage through with our training program, build that focus back on us. And eventually it's like, dogs have walked past me and no one's attacked me. <laughs> This is interesting. And maybe that dog is good and then walking down the esplanade and maybe he's good, you know, at the coffee shop, but maybe not good when we're at a social setting where we bring all of our dogs. So accept that. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good, that's a good game. Remember, we're talking about goals in the last time we sat down here. Um, that would be part of your goals. What is it that's realistic enough that you can manage to the capability of your dog and honor that and don't push them too far just because our dogs can play with other dogs doesn't mean all dogs because I wouldn't put spades in the same situation as Chili yeah. and vice versa. So I think that's really important because sometimes we do screw up our dogs by pushing them too hard and not letting that goal setting we're talking before because we could have merged them together is that the goals is like a we may achieve this in that nine month period and nine months goes pretty fast mm. like maybe when you're 30 nine months feels quicker than when you're yeah. 20 i mean we've had you know? shadow for we've had shadow for 10 months like next week and that's gone really quick really quick it feels longer it's a weird feeling right yeah. um and you know like the theory of like why time feels faster right when you're five years old the, the, a, a day in that five year little gap there is bigger than one day when you're 30. It's such a smaller fraction of that whole that it perceived as a smaller, shorter period. Yeah. But when you look back, you're like, no, heaps of things have happened. I've had a lot of days. Exactly. When you're five, you haven't had that many days. Yes, yeah. exactly. So then it's like the ratio sort of yeah. thing. But then, but it comes quite quickly. So. So I was like, oh, it's going to take me nine months. This is ridiculous. I'm mm. like, yeah, but you can fluff around and do nothing for nine months and still be at the same place. So that's where we want to kind of reconcile where you're at. Honor where you're at. Obviously, with any aggression, I'm very always hesitant to like talk too much about it because people take the wrong thing and then they go and try it without every dog's very unique. So I always have to put this caveat at the end that if you do have any like aggression issues, 
see a professional, make sure that he's, that, that this person's like understanding and they've dealt with it before. Um, making sure that you're, um, that you understand what you're looking at and don't just try to wing it. And also, um, be patient with your dog. And if your dog is struggling, then know that they're being aggressive, not because they're being trying, they're, they're stubborn and they're, and they're trying to control every situation. It's because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, not to be sad about that too, not to be too emotional, but don't be too hard on them because now sometimes it's really hard dealing with aggression because it seems very overt. It's very dangerous. And sometimes you get fr- so frustrated and feel so helpless that you may overreact and try to stop it. Um, but just know that most blow ups that happen could most of the time can be avoided. So go slow and don't push them too hard. It's a good and, way um, to, to wrap it up. Yeah. If there's any questions, obviously hit us up. Um, and, um, yeah, thank you for listening again. I really appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll speak to you next episode. Thanks guys. Much love. See you soon. Bye.